In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm back. It's just solo Jackie in today. Um, apologies to all the other fans of Ian and Paul, both off doing other things. Um, so you're stuck with me, but we'll keep it nice and short as always. Um, and we're just going to run through an interesting topic. It certainly looks like Andrew Berry and the team at least had the weekend off and they fully deserve it after a cracking first week. No doubt they're, they're working away in the background, but no deals come through um, for the two days this weekend, which is perfectly fine. We still haven't had the final financials. If we look at the Higgins deal, Troy Hill, uh, Walker, and other signing was um, uh, Malik Jackson. So therefore deals, we still haven't got the officials on um, because that will affect how much salary cap impact that has over the years. So we know sort of the headline number, but what happens, those headline numbers just come from the agent side. So once we actually see the details, it's usually a bit lower. Some of that money could be tied into incentives, etc. So once we get all that out, that will allow us to know. And then still some of these deals like John Johnson, we don't know if that's got void years and stuff on the back. So it, it takes a few more weeks for everything to shake out. Um, waiting on the NFLPA just to release some data so the guys like over the cap can get everything updated. But the main thing I wanted to discuss today, and it's something I've been discussing yesterday on Twitter, we were chatting about in our, uh, the three of us in our podcast, chat on WhatsApp. It's just, what does the DB room look like as a whole? Um, and it, we'll go into it more on draft and sort of breaking down each room and looking at the draft picks. But we wanted to just sort of look at what do they need in terms of a free agent? What sort of they're already, what, what do they still need? Um, you're generally looking at 11 DBs. So you've got nine on the D line, you've got five linebackers and then 11 DBs. How that splits... Mm, you would think it would be six corners and five safeties, but we'll work from the top. So let's let's just start with the Stein Dime defense. So Dime, six DBs are on the field. You've got cornerback one, it's obviously Denzel Ward. Locked in, we know he's there. Cornerback two is the great unknown. So we've got a question mark there. We still need a cornerback two. And this is where, what are they doing free agency to fill that? Because... We're a team that's looking to compete for a ring next year. And if we're looking to compete for a ring, you can't be relying on a rookie to start a cornerback. So the question comes, what what do you do? And so they need to make a move at free agency at this point. There's sort of four bigger names out there. Um, we'll go through them. So you've got Casey Haywood. You've got Malcolm Butler. You've got Adoree Jackson, and he's not quite in the same bracket as those other three, but you've got Gary and Conley. 
who they like. There's been a lot of noise around. So that's four guys they could potentially bring in. The three of them outside of Conley, you feel a lot more confident stepping in at that number two. Um, and they could all be directions they go. They're probably going to be two-year deals in the six to eight million range. Um, Gary and Conley sort of, you know, one year, maybe two million um, deal to bring him in there. But if they're, if they're serious about really going for it, then yeah, one of them three names makes the most sense. Dory Jackson's obviously the most intriguing. He's got massive upside, whereas the other two dudes are much older. So yeah, if you can get a Dory Jackson, then happy, happy days. He's currently visiting with the Giants. So probably going to end up signing there, you would guess, but you never know. Next, we move to slot corner. We've got Troy Hill. We know that locked in. Free safety, John Johnson. Strong safety, Ronnie Harrison. And then just additional safety, um, like a slot safety almost, is Grant Delpit. So that's your, that's your six there. Um, you've got one spot left to fill. And then behind that, you've got your other five DBs. And this is the interesting area. So let's say they've added Dory Jackson, just for the sake of discussion. You've then got outside corner three, which is Greedy Williams. We know he's locked in there. Could Greedy end up higher up that depth chart? Certainly. He could shine out in camp, and then you're talking about him as that number two. There's nothing stopping him doing that. But at the same time, hey, weren't great in his first rookie season, had some injuries, lost all of last season. Who knows what's going to happen with that nerve issue. So let's prepare for the worst. And hey, if we get best case scenario, then I'm going to go party all day long. Then you're looking at outside cornerback four. For me, that that's a second round pick, a third round pick, something on day two of the draft. They're going to lock someone in there and draft them. Next, you've got sort of wild card cornerback five, because I don't know if this is going to be an inside dude like MJ Stewart. It could be an outside guy, like maybe AJ Green makes a step forward and they're, they're really excited about him. Or it could easily be someone they draft that if they could even double dip on day two. But I think you're more looking at your day three, your UDFA guy. So they're probably happy. And people will be sat there thinking, well, MJ Stewart, AJ Green, they're two very different players. And you're right. MJ Stewart is a slot corner. AJ Green is an outside corner. And I think that position is pretty much your 11th DB. They're probably not going to be active on game day. So it's not so much a question of what do we need for our active roster. It's more which youngster has got the most upside and need. And so you could say, hey, we need some depth there because if Troy Hill goes down, we need someone like MJ Stewart to step up, fully get that and understand that. Or it could be you can't have enough good corners. And look, if someone goes down, we trust whether it's a Greedy Williams, whether it's a Garyon Conley, whether it's a AJ Green to step into that slot. And they're only going to be playing dime, so they wouldn't be playing nickel. So they're not going to be out there all the time. So that's certainly something they could do there. Strong safety, number two. They, they, they desperately need a dude. And I, I think this is more important than free safety because with free safety, they've sort of got Delpit that they could put out there if John Johnson went down. Um, 
vice versa. They can, they can move some stuff around. Whereas we know with Ronnie Harrison, there is injury concerns. Um, the play when he was out there last season was great. But the issue is, can you guarantee, hey, Ronnie Harrison is going to play 17 games next season during the regular season. I'm not worried. Unless you can say that, you, you almost need a plan B. And for me, I'm just tempted. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. And you could go get someone like Gibson. There's a, there's a couple of guys out there. But for me, why not just bring Cole Joseph back? He perfectly fits that mold of strong safety. But then if you were going to play him, you could almost use him as a hybrid linebacker. I, I just think there is lots of upside there with Cole Joseph. He was on a one-year deal last year. Uh, very much a prove-it deal. I, I really like the signing. Not going to lie, was not impressed. It was probably his worst season of his entire career. But is that because it was just such a bad secondary overall? We're not asking him to come in and start. We're asking him to be that sort of fourth choice safety on the roster. I think he'd be a really, really smart addition. The final spot there is the fifth safety. And that for me is going to be a free safety. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they draft that dude in the day two. Um, go out and add someone on day two just for the sort of the future. Um, add more depth to the room because if you're going to use a high draft pick, it makes sense to go free safety rather than strong safety just because at the end of the day, you look at the strong safeties out there on the market. It's not as cheap as a slot corner contract, but it's still cheap. So it makes no sense to go out there and pay a load of money to someone when you can get someone for a lot cheaper. So yeah, draft on day two, a safety, whatever your favorite free safety prospect is. And the reason why I'm happily sitting there and going, hey, well, why not day two? Um, if they trade back in out the first round, then you've got four picks across that second day. Why not? double dip at cornerback and free safety because it's a position where depth is so key. And Andrew Berry knows this. He's spoken about it. Can't have enough good corners. And the draft is actually really strong in that area. Whether it's your Jake Burns, your Browns Daily mock draft, these guys are sat there and doing mock drafts. And what are you seeing time and time again? You're seeing there's so many good corners and DBs. They're just sat there going, oh, well, should we take this guy? Should we take that guy? And that for me is a reason why why not just play to the strength of the draft? If the Browns aren't going to have a draft pick start week one, let's look for the biggest upside signings. Um, and the thing is, you can have that depth because what we don't want to have is the issue of last year where a couple of guys go down and you've got Robert Jackson starting. That's nothing against Robert Jackson, but if you want to be winning rings, you need your depth to be a lot stronger. So for me, I, I think there's two draft picks coming in this group. Um, they need to go out there and add two free agents and strong safety and a, a big outside corner makes a lot of sense to me. Probably in the draft, they're actually going to look for a tall dude, a corner, just because Ward's like is smaller and it allows them to have that mix. Um, Jeff Lloyd keeps using correctly. It's the um, Chase Claypool comparison. Well, how, how are we going to stop this guy? How are you going to stop that guy? And it's important because the last thing you want is Denzel Ward's great in a matchup. You almost want an opposite skill set to go the other side of him. And that's not saying, hey, you, you need one dude playing zone. You need one guy playing off-man coverage. Um, 
it's it's about having different sizes, different athletic builds. You you want them both to be quick, but they need to do slightly different things if you prepare for the worst case scenarios and what teams are going to throw at you. So that for me is where they're looking. They could go really bold and have a 12 DB um, and go all the way down to four linebackers. And if they are a hundred, hundred percent committed to playing over 50% dime, then it's something they could look at. The reason why linebackers are really well liked is because they're a big part of the special teams play. So don't be surprised if they, even though they're like, ah, we don't really want to play many linebackers on the field, that they actually keep five linebackers and go with 11 DBs. But I, I would love the Browns just to go, right, we're, we're going to push it. We've got our four linebackers that we really like, your, your Walker, Tacky, Tacky, Malcolm Smith and Phillips, and go, look, let's take that extra DB. We'll have five outside corners, two slot corners, and then five safeties. Um, because that gives you a backup Delpit Hill. You've got MJ Stewart in there. You've then got two free safeties, two strong safeties, and five outside corners, allowing you to stash someone like an AJ Green. Um, or even worst case scenario, you could go with Dory Jackson and then draft two guys on day two. Um, Dory Jackson might not be best pleased that you've got a load in there, but you've got five legit options there. If you had two day two picks, Greedy Williams, Adoree Jackson, and Denzel Ward. That is probably the deepest, youngest, most talented cornerback room the NFL's ever put together, which just feels nuts to say. But if you get Adoree Jackson on a two-year deal, then they're all locked in for two years at least, that entire room. Your, your Ward, your Adoree Jackson, Greedy Williams, your draft picks obviously get the four years. But that is about as aggressive as you can be um, I'm up for stacking talent because, hey, there's injury concerns. Ward and Dory Jackson both have injury concerns. But you put yourself in a position where it's not too bad. If you've got five dudes that have got a little bit of injury concern or three have got injury concerns, two are rookies, then you're less concerned because the chance of them all getting hit by lightning are really rare. It just allows you, hey, two of the guys are down, yep. That's fine. Greedy Williams, Dory Jackson are out. We've got Denzel Ward and we've got two highly drafted players. They're going to step up. So that's just a really interesting discussion. Um, we've got a few more shows planned before we get over to the draft. Um, we've got something lined up for the draft where we're going to just break down each position one by one um, over a couple of days and just really hammer in at what are all the prospects available at different spots and uh, finding that sweet spot for where people might be. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Really, really nice. All the feedback we're getting genuinely mean that. Um, it's, it's such a nice environment to be a part of. Um, and, and that's down to you guys. So thank you for your support. As always, any questions come up, hit me up on Twitter. It's at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. DMs are open. Any questions that happen. And as always, the most important thing, go Browns. Oh